Welcome in to episode 46 of College Sports Today. We're coming to you on WLRZ at 99.3 FM. And we're also coming to you online at therionian.com, rss.com, and Spotify. This is your host, Hamilton Neal. Thank you for taking the time to join us as you always do. Today, we're talking about a vast number of topics. We're talking a lot of things with fall sports at Lenore Ryan. We'll talk LR football. We'll talk volleyball, men's and women's soccer as well. And then we'll talk about Division I college football. First two weeks of the season are gone. And we're going to take four games from week one and four games from week two, recap them, talk about them, and talk about the implications that they have. Because already, as early as it is in the season, we have college football playoff implications. I mean, we have teams winning games. We have teams losing games. That's not just affecting the now, but it's going to affect what's going to happen later in the season as well. So there's an impact on the present and an impact on the future. And again, more on that coming up in a moment. But first, let's talk about Lenore Ryan football. LR football team opened their season back on September 3rd. It took on Virginia State. And this game was not just so exciting and hyped up and everything like that because it's the first game of the season playing Virginia State, but because LR was playing their first game in the $18 million renovated Marat Stadium. And that's such a big deal for us here at LR. We're continuing to upgrade our athletic facilities. We're continuing to make things look great for prospective student athletes. We're trying to make things better for the student athletes that are here already. And obviously, while a big focus has been on the football stadium and now with baseball and basketball, there are some other sports that need facilities renovated, and I'm sure there are some plans being made to enhance things for other student-athletes that play in other sports, but because we're on the topic of football, we're talking about this new stadium. Newly renovated Moretz Stadium, first game here again against Virginia State, 38-19 victory for the Bears. Great way to start the season, great way to get things going, and LR played two quarterbacks here in this game, Austin Cagle and Sean White. Austin Cagle got the start. He connected on a pair of touchdown passes. He went 8 for 17 for 97 yards, but he threw three interceptions. And that forced the coaching staff to put Sean White in the game. He played the second half. So Cagle played the first half. Sean White played the second half. And Sean White played, I think, better out of the two. 10 for 11, 117 yards and a touchdown. Again, because he limited the turnovers, didn't turn the ball over at all, compared to Cagle throwing three interceptions. That really made the coaching staff think, hey, who are we going to start in the next game? And it ended up being Sean White. And we're going to talk about Sean White more and that second game more against Ferris State in a moment. But as for this contest, it was very balanced, offensively balanced, defensively. Players on both sides of the ball really balled out. Dwayne McGee, 71 yards and a touchdown. Only 3.6 yards per carry in this game. So Yes, we give Virginia State some credit. They stopped the run pretty well. Again, only 71 yards for Dwayne McGee. That's not typical for him on a normal day. And for the team, 94 yards on 31 carries. Something else that is not as typical for the Bears. We're used to running the football down people's throats, 
were used to running the football at a very, very high level. Just didn't happen here in this game. But luckily, guys in the receiving course stood out. Ryan Carter, Malik Simmons, Keelan Parsons, all of them caught touchdown passes. And Carter, he was also very, very good in the return game. Ran back a kick for 43 yards and had a 33-yard punt return. Now on the defensive end, Malik Taylor had 12 tackles. Andre Jefferson had seven tackles, two and a half of those for a loss. He also had one and a half sacks. John Ross May added an interception, had a forced fumble as well, and also four total tackles. So definitely a complete performance for the Bears. Again, they got off to that 1-0 start, but then they took on Ferris State on the 10th. A Ferris State team that is ranked number one in the country, and they're the reigning national champions. And again, we knew coming in, LR is not favored to win this game. Ferris State has a crazy, crazy long win streak in the regular season. They have not lost a game since 2017 in the regular season. It's that long. And they haven't lost a non-conference regular season game since 2013. So, with all of that in mind, and again, most importantly, the fact that they're the reigning national champions and the number one team in the country, we knew it would be a tough performance. And LR would have to play perfect to have a chance to win. Well, they played anything but perfect in this game. They were the furthest thing from perfect. Now, yes, early in the game, they did compete a little bit. It was only seven to five at a point. And down two, you felt like if the defense could get some stops and the offense could do just a little bit of something, that maybe LR could have a chance. So to get it to that point at seven to five, Evan Cummings hit Xavier Wade for a 75 yard touchdown. That was the first score for Ferris State. Malik Mitchell, the regular quarterback, he was out. So Cummings came in, played very well. And then LR on their first drive of the second quarter, Sean White hit Keelan Parsons for 43. That set up a 36-yard field goal. So that's what made it 7-5. to five. But then at that point, all Ferris State all the time. Carson Golker, third-string quarterback, three rushing touchdowns, 18 carries for 81 yards. Now, the LR offense, we talked about them struggling in this game and needing to do something to help out the defense. They didn't do anything at all. 94 yards on 56 plays, an average of 1.7 yards per play. One of 16 on third downs. If you play that way offensively against anybody, but especially against the number one team in the country, you're not going to win football games. You're just not. And again, I think the thing that could hold LR back a little bit is the quarterback play this year. We know Dwayne McGee is going to be great. Only 36 yards on this game on 16 carries, but again, tough Ferris State front. I think it's going to be the quarterback play that's going to make or break the Bears because for a long time here, we had Grayson Willingham and he was great. But now you have Cagle and White, two guys that are pretty solid, but they haven't looked great at this point. Sean White in this contest, 9 of 24 for 78 yards. And again, for this LR team to win, they're going to have to establish the run. And they didn't do that here in this game. 78 in the 94 yards, that was through the air. So again, for LR, they have to do a better job of establishing the run. The defense played pretty well again. That's a fair state team that can score 40 or 50. So to hold them to 27, I think that was impressive, but the offense didn't give them anything. And maybe that'll improve at Erskine Saturday. That's their next game. So looking forward to seeing if the Bears can get to 2-1. and one. And again, they return home after that Erskine game. So 
coming back into the friendly confines of Moret Stadium, that should help the Bears. But again, early on in the season, I think every game's a must win. I mean, they're not going to say that, but you have Newberry at the top. Newberry is the team that LR is kind of competing with in the South Atlantic Conference for the top spot. You have to try to keep pace, especially when you're playing conference games. Again, these first two out of conference. But once again, the conference play, they're going to have to get a lot better. Now, if you want to struggle at any point, this is probably the time to do it. Because in conference play, you can't afford to play like this. You just can't. So, again, the Bears won and won on the season, went against Virginia State, lost there to Ferris State. As for the LR men's soccer team, they are doing very well right now. 4-0-1 overall. 2-0 in conference play. They have wins over number 11, Young Harris, Barry, Lincoln Memorial, and Tusculum. And they tied with number three, Nova Southeastern. The women's soccer team, they're 2-1-1 overall. 2-0 in conference play. They have wins over Lincoln Memorial and Tusculum. They tied with Lise McRae. And their one loss is to number 18, Florida Tech. And as for the volleyball team, they're 6-3 overall. 2-0 in conference play. They have wins over Barton, Coker, Felician, East Stroudsburg, North Greenville, and Catawba. So again, those are some of the other fall sports going on with LR right now. And again, tonight we didn't have time to go over everything. There are other sports happening right now, and we'll give those sports equal coverage. But again, we wanted to talk about the top four sports tonight. Football, volleyball, men's soccer, and women's soccer. Now let's go over and talk about Division I college football. A college football season that has already had a lot of compelling games and a lot of exciting moments and definitely plenty of intensity. And we're going to start with week one results. We have some week two results as well. We have four games from each week. And we're going to start back on Thursday the 1st. Number eight, Oklahoma State, 58-44 over Central Michigan. On Saturday the 3rd, number one, Georgia, 49-3 over number 25, Oregon. Third ranked Ohio State, they took down Notre Dame, 21-10. And at number 18, Florida, they defeated number 14, Utah, 29-26. Now going over to week two results, number two, Alabama, 20-19 over number 21, Texas. Number nine, Kentucky, 26-16 over number 18, Florida. Number 15, Tennessee, 34-27 over number 23, Pitt. And Appalachian State, 17-14 over number 24, Texas A&M. Again, let's go all the way back to the top with Oklahoma State and Central Michigan. Two teams that love to spread it out and throw the football. Two teams that come from conferences that love to do just that. Oklahoma State from the Big 12, Central Michigan from the MAC. Those are two conferences that do not play defense. So if you have not watched college football, just know that about Oklahoma State and Central Michigan and the Big 12 and the MAC. It's all offense, not much defense. And again, both of these teams have really good quarterbacks. Both of these teams have really good skill guys. It just came down to Spencer Sanders being a little bit better than Daniel Richardson. Spencer Sanders for Oklahoma State, 28-41, 406 yards, four touchdowns. Really spread the ball around here. Braden Johnson, six catches, 133 and a touchdown. John Paul Richardson, four catches, 73 yards and a touch. Bryson Green, three for 34. He had a touchdown, as did Jaden Nixon, two catches for 25 yards. On the Central Michigan side, Daniel Richardson, he was really good as well. 36-49, 36-49, 424, four TDs, and a pick. And again, like Spencer Sanders, spread the football around, got a lot of guys involved. So that was a really good way to start the season with an entertaining game. That was probably the most entertaining Thursday game, maybe right up there with Pitt and West Virginia, but I definitely got to go with OK State and Central Michigan. That was a great contest. 
Now looking at the Saturday games from week one, 49-3, Georgia over Oregon. There's a lot to unpack here. This is a Georgia team that was ranked at number three coming in and an Oregon team that was ranked number 11 coming into the year. And again, at the time of the contest, they were 3-11. and 11. And we thought, hey, Oregon's improved. They have Bo Nix at quarterback. They have a whole new coaching staff. Their offense should be better. And looking at Georgia coming into the year, they lost some guys to the NFL on both sides. But the majority of the talent's back. And again, we knew Georgia would win this football game. We all expected that, but not 49-3. to And Stetson Bennett, the quarterback for the Bulldogs, he was outstanding. 25-31, 368, and two touchdowns. Kenny McIntosh was really the guy. Nine catches, 117 yards. And some other guys got in on the act, scored some touchdowns, but Kenny was really his favorite receiver all game. 571 yards of total offense they had compared to an Oregon team that had only 313. 173 yards passing from Bo Nix, that just wasn't enough to get it done. Especially when you're only going 21 of 37 and throwing two interceptions. That's not going to get it done. That's not going to work to beat Georgia. So we really saw how good Georgia is and how much work Oregon has to get back to that point where they're even ranked in the top 15, top 10. And again, with that win and their win over Sanford, Georgia is the number one team in the country now. They've overtaken Ohio State and Alabama. And again, Oregon, big drop from 11 to 25. And like I said, lots of work to do for them. The same can be said for Notre Dame. Only 10 points offensively against Ohio State in that loss. And then they come back week two, they lose to Marshall. So yes, the week one loss was tough, but the second game was even tougher. Because they paid Marshall over a million dollars to come in and play. They paid them that money thinking, we're going to blow this team out, as all the big schools do. They pay huge sums of money to small schools just to blow them out. But sometimes, it doesn't happen. Tennessee got upset one year. I believe it was Georgia State that came in. Marshall comes in here to Notre Dame. They win. So, it can happen sometimes. It's very rare, but it can happen. And again, on the Ohio State side... Great offensive performance. C.J. Stroud, 223 on 24 of 34 passing, two TDs. Really spread it around like we talked about with some of those other quarterbacks earlier. Amika Abuka, nine catches, 90 yards a touchdown. Marvin Harrison Jr., five catches, 56 yards. Xavier Johnson, two catches, 34 yards and a touchdown. And then with the Florida-Utah game, the last week one game here, Florida has a very good running attack. Their passing game isn't as strong. Utah was the more balanced team, but... Florida was clutched down the stretch. Anthony Richardson, three rushing touchdowns, 11 carries for 106 yards. On the passing side, he was solid, 17 to 24 for 168. But again, leading that drive down the field late, getting those guys rallied, that's what got it done. Because it looked like late, Utah was going to win that game. But Florida's the team that had a little bit more there. And that was a spread them out kind of game. A lot of yards in that contest, 451 for Florida. 446 there for the Utah Utes. Now looking at week two, Alabama, Texas, a lot of hype surrounding this game coming in. I think it lived up to the hype. I think there were a lot of people liking Texas coming in just because of the play of Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, a quarterback, nine of 12, 134 yards in this game, but then he got hurt. Got hurt at a critical point in the game when Texas was starting to build some momentum. Their offense was looking good. 
They were pushing it downfield. Steve Sarkeesian, he was comfortable with Quinn Ewers throwing it down the field. But on one pass play, took a big shot, hit the turf, sprained SC joint, and he's out for a while. He's out for a month at the least. Hudson Card came in, played pretty well, 14 to 22, 158. But Steve Sarkeesian, he was just not comfortable with Hudson Card pushing it downfield. He didn't trust him, I think, like he trusted Quinn Ewers. So that's what really killed the game for Texas. And for Alabama, Bryce Young, on paper, very good stats, 27 to 39, 213 and a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs had nine catches, 74 yards and a touchdown. He's that all-purpose player for them and somebody that I think over time is going to get better and better and is going to get more acclimated to this offense. I think one reason that they split him out wide was because he was struggling to pick up the blitzes. When they were pushing guys and bringing them, the line was holding up pretty solid, but Jameer Gibbs had a responsibility to block as well when Bryce Young was dropping back to pass, and he kind of struggled with that. And that made Bryce Young's day a little bit tougher. So Bama, yeah, they have some things to figure out. The protection, Jameer Gibbs, and the way he's acclimating to the system, the receiving core. You don't really have a big name this year. I mean, Trayshawn Holden's solid. Ja'Cory Brooks is good. But Bama got out of one there. Late touchdown drive from Bryce Young. He was clutch when he needed to be, but definitely more things to work on. Florida losing to Kentucky there. Big difference in that contest. Will Levis passing. Anthony Richardson running the football. Tennessee and Pitt, very much a shootout kind of game. Hendon Hooker, 325 passing, two TDs for the Vols. And then on the Pitt side, not only did USC transfer Keaton Slovis go down to QB, but Nick Patty did as well, their backup quarterback. So they're on their third quarterback coming up this week. And Keaton Slovis, a really good player, was good at USC, was expected to elevate the position at Pitt, and he was doing that until he got hurt in this game. 14-24, 195, a touchdown and a pick. Patty, for what it's worth, 9-20, 79 yards and a touchdown as well. And then looking at the last game here, App State and Texas A&M. Such an entertaining contest. And again, I say that, and the score is only 17-14. Most games with that low of a score aren't really that exciting to watch. But we had a really, really good defensive game here. And it was mainly on the App State side. They held A&M to 186 total yards, only nine first downs, two of eight on third down. App State offensively, 315. That was their total yardage, 22 first downs, nine of 20 on third down. So way better execution from App State. They didn't punch it in every time, but they got enough to win. Chase Bryce, 15 of 30. 134 yards and a touchdown. Cameron Peoples, great on the ground. 19 carries, 112 yards and a touchdown. Amani Marshall, 11 carries, 35 yards. He had a touchdown as well. And Henry Pearson had a receiving touchdown. So the offense for App State was very balanced against an A&M team who at the time was ranked sixth. They go from six to 24. That's how big of an upset this was. And again, obviously, everyone that's watched college football, they know what happened back in 2007 when App State beat Michigan on the road. They nearly beat Penn State in 2018. They've come close in the recent years, but they couldn't quite get over the top. Now they've done it again. I mean, they beat South Carolina. They beat North Carolina. Those are some teams that they've beat in the past as well, in the very recent past. But to beat a top five caliber team on the road 
a team that was ranked sixth at the time, that's big stuff. And again, a lot of work to do for a Texas A&M team expected to compete with Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. Haynes King at 97 yards, no TDs, 13 to 29 passing. The run game just wasn't that good either. So definitely some things to improve. Big drop in the top 25 poll, almost out of the top 25 completely. And uh, App State showing shades of 2007 yet again with that win over Texas A&M. That's all the time we have on this episode of College Sports Today. As always, we have enjoyed bringing this episode to you. And as always, we want to give a special thanks to everybody at Lenoran University, the College of Fine Arts and Communications, and at WLRC 99.3 FM. This is Hamilton Neal signing off. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.